visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cowell Comics Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today we are going back into the archives. I'm going to play an episode I recorded back in January 2017. And the reason is today is actually May 25th, 2017. And May is, as you may or may not know, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So the month's almost over. I wanted to get this in. I wanted to commemorate this special time of year. And this is a good episode to play for it because um, I had Clara May on. Clara has been on the show as a recurring guest, a a recurring co-host, really. And this was her first appearance on the show. And we went pretty deep on a discussion about Asian American representation in pop culture. So very appropriate for... Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So here we go. Clara and I going in on Asian American representation. Enjoy. Today, I am joined by Clara May, a.k.a. the Ube Empress. How's it going, Clara? Hey, hi, Henry. Uh, Thank you for having me on. No problem. And today, we're going to be talking about Asian American representation in pop culture yeah okay but before we we dive in there and i'm hoping we we go pretty deep today but (laughs) before we do that uh clara why don't you uh tell us a little bit about yourself yeah um so i write under the pen name clara may and i am a contributor to several websites i write for mainly women write about comics it's a wonderful website run by all women who just geek out over comics and i've also contributed to the nerds of color and uh, bitch flicks um, another website run by all women who you know geek out over films Uh, so i'm definitely interested in entertainment and pop culture, and particularly the ways in which Asians are underrepresented awesome. in that. <laughs> yeah. And are you yourself an Asian American? I am. I am. Yeah. I am a biracial Asian. My mom is Filipino, and okay. she, she was born in the Philippines, and her parents were, um, they worked for an American company, so my family doesn't have the uh, you know, the Asian accent or anything, or they're very Americanized, but I'm definitely Asian. (laughs) Got it. All right. So we got two Asian Americans in the room (laughs) and yeah. And, you know, uh, from the few episodes we've recorded so far, we've, (laughs) we've, I would say touched upon the diversity question, but, um, haven't gone too deep. So I, I was thinking today, yeah, we maybe take a a bit of a deeper dive and specifically into uh, uh, the Asian American question of representation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it is uh, January 2017. And as a lot of people do this time of year, 
we take a look back at the year that has passed, mm -hmm. and I thought it might be it might be worthwhile to just kind of take a look at how we did. How was Asian American representation in 2016? Um, what are your thoughts on this past year? Oh, uh, well, I think we had a lot of ups and downs. Um, I think 2016 really marked the year where a lot of Asians started speaking up about the ways that they're underrepresented. Um, and then on the flip side, because of that, I think we did get some great examples of more representation. Um, but, you know, of course, it's, it's slow moving. You know, for every gain we had, it felt like we had a, a step back. You know, mm -hmm. so that's, <laughs> well, you know, that's how it is. But, you know, I, I would like to say that, like, even though there's a bunch of bad examples that I'm sure we're going to go over, sure. you know, we, we did make some progress that we didn't have even, you know, five years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my mind, the, the negative definitely <laughs> sticks, sticks out. So maybe why don't you uh, tell us a little about uh, what you had in mind, the positive mm -hmm. stuff that that's oh, happened. Positive. Yeah, okay. let's start there. We're, we're going to start, start good. Start and with then, good news. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say the positive is that we finally have a lot of shows featuring Asian families on TV. Um, mm -hmm. So we have, you know, Fresh Off the Boat is yep. excellent. Uh, very great commentary with that. Uh, we have the Mindy Project, which moved to Hulu. And, you know, Mindy had a son. You know, so there, mm -hmm. there's that. There's Masters of None came on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. Excellent show. Yep. And, and you know, I, I checked out a Dr. Ken a few days ago. I watched a few episodes, and I was really hesitant because people are always like, you know, Ken, Ken Jay is uh, kind of minstrelly, you know, yes. you know, Asian, you know, and they feel like he's not helping with Asian representation, but I checked out his show, and he actually has, you know, he has his whole family there, mm -hmm. and they're all very interesting characters, and his character, even though he's being his typical, you know, Ken character, he's actually a well-rounded character and a respected yeah. doctor, you know, so I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, there's this one other show that I recently looked at, uh, Kim's Convenience. It's a, oh, it's a show uh, from CBC, the Canadian broadcast company, about a Korean family who owns a corner uh, shop. You know, okay. and that family is also, you know, a, a, a real family. You know, and yeah. you go over their issues. So that's, you know, that's how many shows that we didn't even have in 2010. Yeah. You know, so that's huge. <laughs> it is. It is. And... I, you know, I, I've watched a little bit of Dr. Ken and Fresh Off the Boat. You know, I'm not the hugest fan yeah, of those shows. Yeah. I'm not the hugest fan of those shows, but, you know, it's kind of like we were saying. Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it can be kind of humanizing to see an Asian family mm -hmm. on TV. Mm -hmm. just, just that alone, you yeah, know. Exactly. Uh, quality aside, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> exactly. nice to see. I mean, none of the shows are perfect, but I mean, yeah. the fact that they exist is a big deal yeah you know? and on um, furthering that uh, uh, a show that i would say is a very high quality is master of none which i love that show and did you happen to catch the the uh, awards acceptance speech uh, on the emmys <laughs> i did i did yeah. i love that i love oh, that man. went on that stage you know? yeah and a, a pretty great moment for mm -hmm. asian americans yeah. because the uh Everyone knows Aziz Ansari is heavily involved in the show, but mm -hmm. the co-creator is Alan Yang, and yeah. he gave an um, incredible speech. Yeah. He gave this great comparison that there are about as many Asian Americans in this country as there are 
Italian Americans, mm -hmm. and he cited all this great Italian American themed work like uh, The Godfather and Goodfellas, etc., etc. And for Asian Americans, he basically said, "We got Long Duck Dong," yeah. <laughs> and this exactly. is a big step, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of simplifying it a bit, but it's it's just it was a yeah, huge the, statement. Yeah, the point was that you know other ethnicities, um, usually like white-ish ethnicities, uh, they have directors who are their ethnicity and then they cast their own ethnicity and yeah. they have their own central story so yeah so yeah it was a simplification but also not really because we don't have a lot of uh projects run by asians featuring mm -hmm. asians until you know 2016 really yeah yeah definitely so some good things are are happening for sure mm -hmm. uh some Pretty bad things happened for us <laughs> last year uh, to yeah. varying degrees. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of there's a lot of media attention on uh, the Marvel Studios film Doctor mm -hmm. Strange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so in particular, the casting of the character, the Ancient One. Uh, you want to talk about about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the Ancient One casting was it was crazy because it wasn't just that they cast. Tilda Swinton is a mm -hmm. traditionally Asian character. It's that all these, uh, they had these news, you know, PR pieces mm -hmm. that kept coming out after the casting that kept trying to explain it. And yeah. it just got worse and worse because the explanations <laughs> yeah. were like wild. Like they yeah. said, she was Celtic. Mm -hmm. And and they mentioned that in the movie, it's a single line where uh, Baron Mordo says she's Celtic. And that's, yeah. you know, it's just- And everything's it's supposed to be okay after yeah, that, right? it's a throwaway line. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I follow someone who's, you know, she said her ancestors uh, were Celtic and she was very upset because, you know, she said it. she's not Celtic because there's a whole, you know, set of garb that they wear. There's yeah. certain religious uh, stuff that they follow that is absolutely not what the ancient one is wearing or practicing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's I wanted to add to that. If it was a truly a Celtic <laughs> character, it would have been a lot different. Yeah. Like, what did we see in the movie? We saw Chinese Chinese medicine. We saw kung fu. Yeah. She was teaching uh, acupuncture. Yeah, she's I mean, in like a Buddhist temple. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you talk about like cultural appropriation. Yeah. I mean, this is that was the definition of mm -hmm. what happened there, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's crazy because they and then they said it's progressive because they cast a middle-aged woman. Yeah, you know, so they were really like flipping the script. They thought, but. I always like to say we already have a middle-aged <laughs> woman with uh, Agent May on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. And and I think the big knock against that in the movie is, um, can, can I spoil it a little bit? Uh, yes, yeah. we can do spoilers, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be good to give a spoiler alert. So. Okay, spoiler <laughs> alert. I mean, the ancient one dies. So I think, you know, casting a woman where she dies for the man's storyline, it still ends up not being progressive, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's not progressive in a racial sense, and then in terms of gender, it it, it was bad. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> I think uh, the, the way the the studio execs look at the diversity issue is, mm -hmm. is far too simplified. Yes. So they see, oh, um, mm, I don't know. This character is Asian in the comics, but we need you know a bankable star. So let's yeah. let's have Tilda Swinton, and you know she's a woman. 
So, okay, that's good enough, you know? And let's just, like, just throw in, st- throw her in there. And there's no sort of thought about, like, oh, but what about, like, the whole culture around, culture around the ancient one? Yeah. You know, there's, there's, it's completely all Eastern roots yeah. to the yeah, characters. They, so, they didn't make a yeah. huge attempt to, I think, try to write around what they saw were terrible stereotypes, you know? Yeah. And I think they thought that having an Asian woman, it would be dragon lady. Having yeah. an Asian man, it would be a stereotype. Um, with and they said that without understanding that a stereotype is only a stereotype if the character is completely one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, but you did see in the film the ancient one; she had depth. You know. Yeah. So oh, that ancient. that might have been the most heartbreaking part of it to me. It was actually a really well-written yeah, character. Yeah, she was interesting. It would know? have been so awesome if it was actually yeah. an Asian man or an Asian woman yeah. in that role, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I do feel, I still feel the fact that the ancient one doesn't make it at the end is, I think the root cause of all of this is that Doctor Strange is a white guy. You know, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, everyone focuses on the ancient one casting yeah. and how it was terrible. But really, like, a lot of these issues would have been solved had they cast an Asian man true. as Doctor Strange, yeah. you know? And I know that that was, like, a huge fan casting thing before the film came out and before Benedict was chosen was that, you know, a lot of these, the aspects of the story is white man goes to Asia, you know, learns Asian magic and comes back, you know, a, a new, better person. But yeah. I think there, some people argue that had he been Asian there, there it could have been a story about, you know, an arrogant Asian doctor finding you know, you know, connections with his culture again and learning to humble himself. Um, and then you could have had the ancient one be Asian, you know, and then there could have been that connection. You could have had Wong, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't have been a terrible, you know, like sidekick feeling if Doctor Strange was already Asian. They could yeah. have all been Asian, let's <laughs> be real. Yeah. Um. How awesome would that be, an all-Asian <laughs> Doctor Strange? Someone got to make that movie. In our wildest dreams, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, happen, but. Uh, moving on. Similarly, there was another whitewashing. Mm-hmm. Now, this film hasn't come out yet, but the trailer did come out. It's a movie called Ghost in the Shell. And again, uh, quite a bit of media coverage because similar to Doctor Strange, there is uh, an originally Asian character who is being played by a white woman. So you want to talk about Ghost in the Shell a little bit? Yeah, so Ghost in the Shell was originally based on a manga by uh, Masamune Shiro um, in 1989. And then after that, it it kind of blew up, and there was a bunch of films um, that was based off of it. And uh, the author, he kind of signed off on all those films. He didn't really, it was his thing that he didn't like being involved with. Mm all that stuff. So when people talk about what's canon for Ghost in the Shell, I like to go all the way back to the manga, you know, Mm -hmm. because everything else is just a different artist's interpretation. And when you read the original manga, I mean, she's, she's Asian. She's, uh, Motoko is not only a Japanese woman on the inside, but the body that she inhabits, the android body, is clearly drawn to look like the other Japanese characters, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you consider the fact that Japan is like, it's like 98%, you know, ethnically Japanese, you know, so while they don't say, I am Japanese within the manga, I feel they don't, they don't have to because they're writing, he's a Japanese author writing for a Japanese audience with Japanese characters. And so for them to cast Scarlett Johansson as the outward 
body. You know, it's it's crazy. And then people <laughs> defend it, and they're like, well, you know, if you watch the film, it's always the films that they go back mm-hmm. to. They're like, look at how she's drawn next to this other character who has blonde hair. She's obviously white. Yeah. You know, and it's like, why would she be white? You know, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no explanation. Yeah. And I did notice that, that in the film, mm-hmm. the anime, the character does look less Asian yeah. and kind of almost pur- purposefully looks more like a robot. Yeah, she's right? yeah, kind of ambiguous, really. Yeah, yeah compared the manga compared to the film, she's a lot less uh, she has a lot less emotion. Mm-hmm. Um she she's very cold and stuff. So I think right. in their mind they're like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. she's not really anything. Yeah, yeah. You know? But um, I know that when you read the manga, there's, <laughs> they're actually, they have um, a scene where Motoko meets with these Russian um, emissaries or something, mm-hmm. and the way that they draw the Russian woman, she's, her skin's literally white and blue, <laughs> yeah. and her face is so angular, okay. you know, and her eyes are totally different um, compared to Motoko. And then later you see, I think Motoko, she rescues like these, these Filipino, uh, Filipina sex slaves, and mm-hmm. then you look at the way the Filipinas are drawn, and it's exactly like Motoko. Okay. You know? So <laughs> that's the evidence that the body she's wearing is Japanese. Yeah. You know? And not to mention so, her name is yeah, her name a is Japanese <laughs> name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's wild that people bend over backwards to defend that she is wearing a white body when their whole argument is like, well, she's an android, so she can be mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. So it's like, well, if she can be anything, why can't she be Asian? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, you would so, think in the sci-fi fields, you know, that that genre should be full of diversity because it's, yeah. you know, it's the future and it's unexpected and it's yeah. not the norm, you know. Yeah, and I uh, I haven't read all of the manga, but I, I did read some of it, and I yeah, a lot of what you said kind of stuck with me mm-hmm. because the the character in the manga is very Japanese. She yeah. she looks very Japanese, and she's also uh, kind of spunky and yeah. fun-loving <laughs> and very different from the anime. She film. is, yeah. yeah. Very, very different, yeah. And then you see her with her friends. She's, like, drinking, you know, under the cherry blossoms and stuff. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like, she hangs out with her friends, and you can see, like, manga in the background. I mean, it's all very, very Japanese. What uh, dev- devil's advocate here? Because I have <laughs> I have defended uh, this film a little bit yeah, on previous yeah. podcasts, okay, okay, and with the caveat that mm-hmm. hasn't even come out yet. Yeah. So these are just kind of assumptions. But um, what if the the live action film mm-hmm. is intended to be uh, a a live action telling of the anime and not the manga? Would that be more of a defense of uh, uh, whitewashing uh. or having a non Asian lead? know if it's a defense of it um i mean i can see that argument that the whole series is about figuring out the difference between the soul versus the body mm-hmm. and i do see that maybe there's a a commentary to be had with yeah. having someone who's asian on the inside but on the outside <laughs> it, it's presenting as white you know like i i see that but i i still don't think uh, when you step back and consider that I don't know, just the the idea that there is an Asian woman inside, <laughs> you know, and acting through a white body, I think. That happens a lot in films, I think. They they always use, like, a, an outward-presenting 
white body and it's just I think there's a, a chance to tell a different story there that's just that's just lost you yeah know? yeah yeah I well I'm we'll not, see I'm not down for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh what, what was that you said I said I'm not down you're not for, right. yeah. and you know yeah. I'm I'm definitely mm-hmm. with reservation yeah uh looking forward yeah. to checking it out but yeah. Um, oh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to do well at the box office, you know, and it, and like a lot of the effects look very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And you know, that said, um, I was fairly optimistic about yeah. Doctor Strange, too, which <laughs> as a movie was was decent. But yeah. the, the, the treating of the ancient one was horrendous, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I had heard Tilda Swinton was was cast. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a, a yeah. great actress, yeah. and I thought, oh, she'd probably do this right, but no, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. so much. And then so. they tried to cover that with a, they said, oh, well, we have Wong, so. Yeah, oh. <laughs> it was the, like a huge caveat. The ultimate token Asian, I mean. <laughs> he had like two scenes. Yeah, yeah, and and he, even though he's brought back, he's killed at some point, he too. Is. You know? He's killed along with a ton of other Asians. I yeah. mean, I think that was the most... As like good of a film as it was in terms of, you know, effects and storytelling, you see a scene at the end where they're fighting. Was it? It was like Hong Kong or something. Yes. And the, there's like literally Chinese bodies flying yeah. everywhere. You know, like they're rag dolls, but but they were real people. You know, yeah. it was just very disconcerting to kind of see that in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so onward. Um, another event that happened in 2016 was a very dark happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I talked about uh, The Walking Dead a bit in a previous episode, mm-hmm. and I gotta be honest, I'm, I'm still not <laughs> o- over this. Not over so time. again, spoiler yeah. alert, uh, we're gonna be talking about the season premiere mm-hmm. of The Walking Dead, season seven. Yeah. And yeah, it's let's talk about the, the death of Glenn Ree oh, on gosh. The Walking Dead. Uh. So. Um, spoiler alert, not only for the show, <laughs> but for the comics, too, mm-hmm. because in the comics, yep. um, I haven't read all the comics, but even I knew that Glenn dies in the yeah. comics, mm-hmm. and that was pretty widely known, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of speculation, as, oh, is he going to die in the show, or yeah. are they going to keep him alive, are they going to change from the comics? Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk about uh, your, your experience with the death <laughs> of Glenn on Walking Dead. Yeah. Oh, man, it was bad. Um, you know, I think some people were holding out hope at the beginning that the show would change his death or just cancel it out entirely, um, only because, you know, they've changed a lot of other stuff from the comics. Yep. You know, like keeping Shane around longer. Um, Andrea, they, they killed when she's still alive in the comics. Um, and they killed Dale earlier. Not and, to mention mm-hmm. the character of Daryl. Yeah, he's does not, not even exist there. Exactly. In the yeah, comics. and and you would like to think that because this character is there, they'd add enough. You know, they change the timeline enough so that somehow Glenn survives. Uh, everything but, you mentioned, I was like, please, like let <laughs> let him live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. hoping. Yeah, I was holding out hope for a while, but I think as we got closer to it, I think the th- I accepted that he was probably going to die because I knew that they couldn't. If they didn't do it, you know, like some of the hardcore fans would just riot. They would be so upset. They would say that he, it was unrealistic, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I wanted to believe they wouldn't do it, I think, I think I knew they would do it. Okay. Um, but I think that my issue with 
the fact that they did it the way they did is that it it wasn't about Glenn when he and I don't even think it was really about Glenn in the comics when he was killed. It's more about it's about Rick. Yeah. You know, and I think yep. his death was difficult not just because he died, but because it no one really <laughs> acknowledged it. You know, like I remember when Tyrese died, he had mm-hmm. a whole episode, you yeah. know, where focused on him and you really felt that loss once he was gone. Uh, but with Glenn, a character we've had since really the first episode, you know, yeah. when we heard his voice, yep. um, he's like one of the longest standing characters beside Rick. And then for his death to not even like really be his own was just so insulting. You know, it was all about Rick and Negan and yeah. Rick's feelings and then um, Daryl's feelings. Yeah, yeah. And not to mention another very significant character died in that episode too, Abraham. Yeah. So it's almost like, oh, we just group yeah, those two together, yeah, right? It, yeah, it was frustrating because I feel, I think a lot of people knew they were going to kill him. Um, and I would have preferred to see the episode, you know, finally show us maybe Glenn's backstory or have an episode focus on his emotions and on his relationship with Maggie and then in the Mm -hmm. final moments you know and then you realize it's going to happen it's like a proper send-off for that character you know but instead it was like a quick you know it just happened right after um Abraham and then and then that was it yeah it it was almost like a stunt it like like the in fact even before that episode previous seasons there were there was a lot of teasing of mm-hmm. of Glenn's death. Oh, there was so much teasing. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it uh, was ridiculous. He was like a beloved character, and they spent like the whole last season teasing his death. He had that death fake out. Yep. You know, and I, I don't know what happened if the writing teams changed or something, but it did feel like he had gone from being a really well written character to just a character that the writers were kind of pulling on a string, you know, just You know, I had heard that, mm-hmm. not that they, they had a big change in the writing yeah. team, but uh, I heard Robert Kirkman say that when they were evaluating whether or not they wanted to kill him, mm-hmm. one of the factors was, like, what else can we do with it, this character? And yeah. for a while, he felt like the character was... There was wasn't like static. Was, yeah, yeah, static, and there mm-hmm. wasn't anything that interesting, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. I thought, oh, I guess we'll have to kill him. Yeah, and like I, I agree with that um, to a degree that he had, he did have a full character arc. You know, he went from the yeah. really awkward pizza boy to the respected leader of, you know, in the group, and people mm-hmm. came to him for advice. Um, yeah, so I believe that. I just think that the way you send off a character like that is to focus on him in an episode, yeah. not to just do it in the background. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know. And because of Daryl acting out, I think that was like my one, like, I was done. You know, because later in the show, um, Negan does specifically say, Glenn died because of you. You right. know, and then you're like, oh my God, the character they ended up adding in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, it, according to the show, was the reason. Oh, Glenn God, that's died. an interesting perspective. Yeah, they, you know. Yeah. And. and <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that, I got really bad. You know, I was watching the episodes late, and it was after the election, and I was like, "If this is not the biggest analogy for 2016, is yeah. that like a white man <laughs> acts out and like the person of color suffers?" You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Like, that's, that's funny. It was. Yeah, it was frustrating for them to frame it that way. Um, and so, w- would you be in agreement that mm-hmm. it was essentially Daryl's fault that Glenn was killed? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, Negan said it was, and I think, I, I think when you consider that Negan was like, you can't 
killed at when he was talking to Daryl. Yeah. I think he knew that he had to break Daryl. Yeah. And so I do think Glenn was killed because of Daryl, because he knew it would make Daryl suffer. And um, you see that in the following Daryl-centric yeah. episode, where he's just, like, racked with guilt, you know, and sitting in the prison. Um, and he knows it's because of Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it it was not right to yeah. off his character in that way. And I entirely agree that it was mm-hmm. Daryl Dixon's fault. <laughs> like, there are a lot of fans out there, yeah. you know, Daryl fans, yeah, yeah. who are saying, oh, no, no, no it's not Daryl's no, fault. Like, they're, they're saying fault. Negan would have done it anyway. I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think he would have. Yeah. Because the, I think the character of Negan is different from, say, like the governor, who is mm-hmm. a real wild card, who will yeah. just, like, gun down his own people yeah. Yeah. At, the, at the drop of a hat. Uh, Negan is is kind of a guy who does what he says, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. not su- super out of control, you know. And what did he say? He said, you know, if if you guys mm-hmm. act out, pull some bullshit. Yeah, I'm gonna kill a second one of you, you know. And he just he just <laughs> doing what he said, and yeah. and uh, it was totally Daryl's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I love Daryl. You know, I love Daryl, but yeah, me it too. was his fault. I mean, we just need to admit that. Had he not acted out, he Glenn might still be with us. I think everyone needs to come to terms with that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. get yeah. with it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the saddest part of him not being there anymore is that there's no more Asians on the show. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, man. They, they introduced um, one. Uh, her name was Cindy, and she was with the... Uh, there's a group living oh, by yeah. the water. Yeah, yeah with she, the, the Terra episode, yeah. right? Yeah, she, uh, she's half black, half Asian. So she's there. But, you know, that's that's one episode versus since season one, yeah. season seven, Glenn. You know, so they're going to have to do, <laughs> I feel like, a lot, <laughs> you know, to make up oh, yeah. for this. Like, they're going to have to introduce an Asian now, like Cindy. They need to keep Cindy until the end of the supposed 12 seasons. Yeah. That's how they can make it up. Yeah, from... From a, a fan perspective, mm-hmm. if you just like the character of Glenn, it's pretty crushing. But yeah. even further, just from what we've been talking about, mm-hmm. Asian American representation, this character is is amazing. You know, yeah. like yeah. you talk about like where we are and the kind of roles that Asian American actors mm-hmm. are getting. There's been nothing like this one, yeah. and it mm-hmm. to me, it's it's kind of like the shining light of what what can be, be yeah, yeah. you know and, and Stephen Young did say that um he he did an interview with like GQ and he said it was an honor to play yeah. you know a three-dimensional Asian character and it's something that you know it doesn't come along and yeah. I think he he definitely understood that you know yeah it was almost shocking that uh we see what that character week in and week out did mm-hmm. the depth of the character the contribution to the to the group, yeah. um, it, it was it was a weird feeling because like <laughs> I I haven't seen this before ever yeah, you yeah, know he so. he was able to it was interesting because they do acknowledge his race when he's first introduced yes. you know there was that mm-hmm. thing where uh, Merle he makes a jab at him and mm-hmm. he was like dude I'm Korean um, but then after that he existed outside of his race you yeah. know it, it, it's a strange like it's important to acknowledge a person's race but also have them just be a character not just the asian character yeah. you know yeah. so it was um, remarkable in both sense i completely agree it was great mm-hmm. and now he's gone <laughs> i know 
I know. I don't know. Thank you for the walking dead. <laughs> he was killed for white character development. Oh, man. That is what it was. It's that is the biggest insult. Pretty rough. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, let's, let's move on. Yeah. Um, you know what I thought maybe we can do now is mm. we've kind of recapped 2016. Maybe we can look ahead a bit yeah. to um, upcoming uh, projects in comics, Mm-hmm. film and television and particularly comics we haven't even talked about comics at all oh, so yeah <laughs> you want to get into that a bit um, yeah. Asian Americans in comics yeah so I think I mean this didn't start this year it started I would say like two years ago or a few years ago where DC and Marvel I think started really realizing that their stuff was just not you know connecting with the current audience um, and in an interview with uh, NPR, one of the, the co-publishers of DC, he did say that they they had like a several decades of just flat sales, you know, and they finally realized that their characters were made like 50, 60, 70 years yeah. ago, and it wasn't, you know, landing with the current audience. So they realized they had to diversify, you know, just to, you know, think about their bottom line. So with DC, they have launched a bunch of, new and diverse you know titles that are really great um there was it's it's been canceled now but there was batgirl of burnside uh which was great it had it reset uh barbara gordon you know she was like getting her phd she was going on tinder dates uh she had a black disabled friend and an asian trans friend and several muslim friends which was amazing um they had the diverse we are robin series and they also had Gotham Academy was great. Uh, three fourths of the team and that were diverse. You know, there I believe the three main characters were Asian. Um, you know, that was an amazing thing. Um, and then now we have Jean Luen Yang's uh, new Chinese Superman, right. you know, which is huge. Like, yeah. We've never had a Chinese Superman before. Yep. Um, so that all positive stuff. Um, and Marvel's done something a little similar. Uh, they had their Marvel Now initiative. And with that, uh, that came out, I believe in 2015, they introduced, like, they had the new female Wolverine and Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was the same time they introduced, like, you know, Captain America is now Sam Wilson. Um, they had an A-Force team of all women. Um, and now Greg Pak is doing Totally Awesome Hulk, which is... A really great series, and I don't know if you saw it, but they had, um, for the 15th issue, he brought together basically all the um, Marvel Asian superheroes. Oh, really? Yeah, so he has Silk in there. He has Miss Marvel, uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, nice. Um, who else does he have? He has a bunch of people in there. Yeah. Um, and he said this is the first time they've ever brought together all of Marvel's oh, Asian that's awesome. superheroes. Yeah, and he was really proud, and he tweeted it. It got, like, it turned viral and stuff, so... I mean, that's huge. Yeah. That's really good. Oh, cool. Know? I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I, I had not heard about that. So yeah. I want to check that out. Yeah, those are all excellent, excellent stuff. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What about um, uh, television? So mm-hmm. TV, the Iron Fist show is coming out pretty <laughs> oh, soon. Yeah, I'm curious to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. I know like Ghost in the Shell, it hasn't released yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have seen trailers and it's been fully cast mm-hmm. and, and everything. What are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, it has. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I was one of the the writers who was really pushing for the Asian American Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it got me 
a lot of hate <laughs> online, like to the point where some of the people had been stalking my mentions until like this month. And I finally, yeah, like a year. And I finally cut them off because, oh, wow. yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. So that has colored my perception <laughs> of the whole thing. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And the issue with that is, you know, kind of like the other stuff we've been talking about that kind of like Dr. Strange and that it's a white character. He goes to Asia, learns Asian, in this case, it's martial arts instead of yeah. magic. Well, it's kind of magic because it's, <laughs> you know, he's got like the dragon heart. Yeah, um, right. You know, it's the same idea. And then he becomes better than all the other Asians. Uh, and it was written, you know, a long time ago when that kind of the white guy does kung fu was really popular, like yeah. in the 70s and stuff. But a lot of people were like, you know, it's 2017 now. Maybe we need to update this so it's not as culturally appropriative. And, and um, according to, uh, oh, what's his name, Louis Tan, mm-hmm. uh, an, an Asian actor, he did try out for the part, and he said that he was very close to getting it, um, but then they ended up going with Finn Jones. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, like, of course that's just on Lewis's word, but I, I think it's interesting that they did look at an Asian actor for the role, and then that same Asian actor ended up getting a villain. <laughs> ah. Um, so. Oh, so he was he was cast on the show, but he was cast in the show as yeah. a villain, not yeah, as he, Iron yeah, Fist. Yeah, as a villain. And you know, I've seen they released like his demo footage yeah. of that villain character, and it looks like that character is actually going to be a lot more three dimensional than he is in the books. Okay. So we can hope that he's not just a villain that gets off. You know, okay. he's, he changes. Um, which would be great because Louis Tan, um, he has all this footage of he's an excellent trained martial artist, um, and then his acting was great. Uh, but, you know, in the end, it's still a story centered on um, <laughs> a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, you know, this, this makes me think of something you brought up to me briefly mm-hmm. before about Asians kind of being on the sidelines, you know, um, it seems like with Iron Fist, they're kind of they're trying as best they can to kind of dress this up yeah. to be, mm-hmm. I don't know, palatable to to <laughs> Asians. They have yeah. like the Asian girlfriend and yeah. the Asian villain, yeah. but on the bottom line, it's a story of a white man. They're not the main character. Yeah. And I think you know we've seen this time and again. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to talk about just kind of your thoughts <laughs> on, on, on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think it's frustrating because, like, in my experience, whenever I've pushed for having a movie or a show to feature an Asian lead, um, people are always like, well, we have this one, you know, they go on IMDb and they find the one Asian in the cast who's clearly a side character, you yeah. know, and they say, well, you have that. Like, why are you mad? You know, it's the same thing with Wong and Doctor Stranger. Like, you have that. Why? Yeah. You know, and I think they don't understand that um, getting a lead role is a huge deal in terms of, it shows studios that people are willing to watch a person of color, you know, play a hero. It's important for audiences to see that um, because, you know, studies have shown that seeing experiences different than your own increases empathy and, you know, understanding. And if the film is actually great and it, you know, goes to award season, which some of the superhero films actually have been, you know, getting on the Golden Globe circuit. Yeah. Um, that's like a huge deal if it wins anything because it tells the studios like oh my god you know look at this winning formula we have right. so it's very important for them to be main characters but 
more often than not, we see them just filling out the extra spots on the team. Yeah. You know, you see that. Um, we definitely had that in Suicide Squad. And yes. X-Men Apocalypse. We mm-hmm. had Asians, but, I mean, what did they add to the movie? <laughs> like, what did Katana do, yeah. you know, that was important and integral to Suicide Squad? I mean, she could have been cut out. Yeah. She didn't really do anything. Uh, an X Men Apocalypse. Uh, I don't even. Psylocke had like two lines. Yeah. She's not. Like the one scene she had was where she cut the car in half, and that was like that was like the money shot they right. would use for the trailers. It. Yeah. And that was it. That was really all she did. And then we found out that they completely cut out a Jubilee. Yeah. You, she, you blink and you miss her. Yeah, in that movie. yeah. She doesn't even say her name. She yeah. didn't use her powers, which is so sad because when they were marketing the film, they interviewed the actress, the young actress, Lana Condor, mm-hmm. and she was so excited because she's like, oh, they told me they were changing up Jubilee's powers. So it would be more, uh, she thought it was going to be more plasma, fire, more powerful powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't even use it. I it mean, didn't even matter. Yeah. I mean, like, did they tell her, you know, before it was filmed? I mean, I don't know. And, you know, and then I had the misfortune of watching Assassin's Creed okay. a few days ago. Okay, yeah. And, you know, like I just watched it to kill time. Um, but there was an Asian character in that as well. And she was the super proficient martial artist in it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a single line. Oh, wow. It was crazy. I was like, <laughs> she hasn't spoken once. It's nuts. Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, they're there. You know, in terms of bare minimum diversity, you can see them. Yeah. But, and that can almost be bad for a movie where, yeah. like with Suicide Squad, the whole time, like, what is, what are they doing with the Katana character? It's yeah. almost like a distraction <laughs> to the movie yeah. because she has nothing to do with, yeah. like, she, she, when they introduced the team, she wasn't even there. They kind of <laughs> added her later and she yeah, had, like, yeah. one or two lines of dialogue and yeah. Yeah. it's such a shame, you know. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. unfortunate. I know. Yeah. So, um, see, we talked comics. TV. What about any movies for uh, the coming year? Any? Uh, um, I mean, I'm anything notable? F- yeah, I'm looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy two. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they're gonna have Mantis, um, and with Mantis on the team, that actually means there's there's two Asians that are on that team because Drax's actor is um, Filipino. Oh, right. You know, yeah. yeah, so there's, I mean, but then I go back and forth because I'm like, well, they're there, and I'm aware that they're Asian, but they're also aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a, a thing that I always, you know, grapple with is, is it representation if they're painted a different color? Yeah, what's what's up with that? Like, I mean, we're talking <laughs> Asian Americans here, but you go back to uh, the last Star Trek movie. Yeah. Idris Elba, who's a huge star. Oh, my gosh. You couldn't even tell it was him. Completely yeah, unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, my gosh, yeah. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o in The mm-hmm. Force Awakens. Again. She's an alien. Yeah. yeah unrecognizable. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and with Star Wars, um, I love Star Wars, but there is definitely a history of them making the people of color, you know, aliens. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that <laughs> I've been playing this little Star Wars mobile game, so, like, I love the characters of um, Luminara and uh, Ahsoka Tano, and then there, there's one other character, but they're all, they're all aliens. They're all, like, kick-ass women, and at least with Luminara and <laughs> this one other character, I can't remember the name of her, um, her associate, when they were cast in the prequels, they were women of color. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, in my head, when I play the game, I'm like, I'm playing with a team of all, 
you know, women of color right now, but but they're all aliens, yeah. you know? And I'm like, so I can't defend Star Wars. You know, when people say, oh, there's no women of color in my head, I'm like, yeah, there are, but then, no, Not there really. aren't. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't count. And it's the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy, how, um, how what's it, Gamora is green, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, does that count when she's green, you know? And I think, I think in terms of casting actors and just getting them out there, it counts. You know, just having the actors have jobs, but... I think we, we need a mixture of actual aliens who happen to be played by people of color and then actual people of color in the yeah. show. So I, you know, yeah, it's, yeah I go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, the struggle continues yeah. on and on. Yeah. Okay, so um, we're uh, getting close to wrap-up time, but before we finish, um, uh, I thought I might, uh, I might plug you a bit. So mm-hmm. where can we... Uh, find you online, your writings and and whatnot. Oh, uh, well, I'm on Twitter a lot. (laughs) I do tweet under the Ube Empress handle. Um, I have writing and a lot of it is in the Women Write About Comics website. Um, I would definitely um, plug that one because it's great. Um, And I have like two or three articles in uh, Nerds of Color. Okay. Um, And then I have a, if you go on my Twitter page, I have a Contently portfolio website where you can see everything I've written um yeah it's all there for great <laughs> and again that's at ube empress correct mm-hmm. yes great go check it out and with that we can wrap up the episode so this is farewell from Henry and Clara <laughs>